Blog Talk Radio. This episode of Kimberly's Intentional Moment is brought to you by the Seiken Network on Blog Talk Radio. Well, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night for those of you across the globe. I am super excited to be here again this week. I've been thinking a lot about last week's show. Thinking a lot about resilience. What does that really mean? And I did my homework, by the way. Um, I asked all of us to do, you know, just watch other people in their resilient behavior um, and notice your own. And simply take into account those moments where we handled resilience well and where we haven't handled ourselves so well or we weren't very resilient. And in doing so, it's interesting the places that you find your information or when you're doing this kind of research, which I just call human research or experiential research, um, it's it's interesting where you find it. And, and And it's so obvious. It's so obvious. So, just to back up for a moment, I'm talking about resilience first because we're going to head into talking about our feelings about change. And when I mean feelings, I actually am going to ask you to feel it in your body. Where where do you feel the sensation of change when you are in control of it, when you are not in control of it, or um, when you wanted it or you didn't want it? And so before we do that, though, um, when I did my homework, one of the things that happened, well, one of them happened, um, let's see, three days ago. Uh, my boyfriend's oldest daughter, we were watching a movie, and she had this mood ring. It was very cool. Um, and she, and it broke. It, you know, it was probably not super well made. And it looks like it was kind of glued on or, or just kind of pasted on there. But the 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 gem part of it fell off and I watch her a lot when it comes to uh, resilience when it comes to um, how I mean and she's 10 years old so it's it's interesting how she handles adversity um, discomfort in a room and I, I may have mentioned that before I know I've mentioned her before because she's the one that did my logo, but I, I'm not sure if I mentioned this on another show or not. She has this uncanny way of when things are getting dramatic and chaotic in a moment to she gets more quiet and observes, and she's even smiling. And I truly believe that she's comfortable. I really do. So this example that I'm going to give you about the ring and what she does is not a huge surprise, but definitely an example of resilience. So this ring broke, and she was excited about the ring, and we had talked about it at dinner, and I think I'd mentioned it once before in the day, and and she was clearly enjoying wearing it. And it broke, 
and my boyfriend said something like, oh, or I, I can't even remember. Maybe it was her sister. But she said, oh, that's okay. She's like, I'll just glue it on something else and make something else. And the thing is, is that she's such a crafty person. She might even make something, and I think she knows this, or is at least open to it. She knows that she may even make something better than this ring was originally. So it, it, just, it was interesting because she just kind of shrugged her shoulders and she smiled and she put the little gem somewhere safe and, and, and moved on. And, you know, I could see a lot of kids or even adults when that happens just melting down uh, because, oh, no, the ring is broken. And, you know, to, to be able to shrug your shoulders and say, well, maybe something good will come of this, I think is a huge lesson. So I, I smile when I tell this story because I, 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 I really cherish that, I guess, genuine. It's so genuine because she's a child. She's not trying to impress anybody. Um, and then the other example was uh, I've told you about my girlfriends and I that have this thread, a text thread. All six of us are in it all the time. And we share our lives together even when we can't physically be in the same room together as much as possible. And this summer was particularly distant, not on purpose, just it's how it rolled. All really busy, lots of people going out of town at different times. So anyway, one of the women in this thread um, is really going through a difficult and challenging time right now. And she, what I loved about when she texted us yesterday, so again, just in case this is the first show you're hearing, this thread of women that I'm constantly in touch with, um, we share our difficulties. So if we need help, we reach out. And, be, you know, between the six of us, you, know, you usually get a response within the hour of even, you know, smile or I, I, I love you and I'm here for you or thinking of you. Um, and it can be that small and it just lifts you up a little bit. This is one of the ways that we practice resilience. This is one of the ways that we practice feeling supported. We also share funny things. You know, this just happened and I thought you guys would enjoy it. And, or pictures or whatever. Anyway, um, this friend uh, texted us yesterday, really going through a hard time, was really wearing her heart on her sleeve as we usually do. And a, a bunch of things in this text were... Um, I think remarkable um, and show the kind of practice that she's in. Uh, she wrote that, you know, I'm feeling, I'm feeling very basically overwhelmed, challenged, and a little like I'm going nuts, feeling depressed. You know, all of us can relate to this. And this has changed that she just didn't want, certainly didn't want it in this way. And she is, it, her, the last sentence was, I'm so grateful to have you ladies in my life. And what that text says to me is I'm I'm a I'm vulnerable, I'm able to be loved and love. I am asking for support um because I'm not feeling strong and I I'm so grateful that I have this which is really balancing just in one text she's already started to balance out. She's already started to bounce back. Within hours, you know, and we've all been going back and forth a few times, 
within hours, she was laughing. And, you know, we were joking about things and talking about the next time we're going to get together. And that didn't change the fact that, that some, some challenges are ahead and that, that, they're, that she's in the middle of a challenge. But it, it, it softened it. The boundaries of it became a little more permeable. She's breathing a little bit more. And so are we because we're all connected. So not only the six of us ladies, but all of us are connected. So when you choose resilience, when you choose practices in your life that help you adapt to change, whether you want it or not, you automatically liberate all of us. And um, so I, w I want to thank that friend, and she knows who she is if she's um, listening today. And she will at some point. So those were my two examples. Um, you know, other than I watch my daughter all the time. I mean, my daughter, um, you know, being the product of divorce, and, and I'm sure many of you out there can relate to that, whether it is your own divorce or that your parents were divorced or you know someone that's divorced. And she, in this process, my daughter, who's eight, has really learned how to snap back. And... Um, and I, I say that purposely because at first it's a, a big challenge for her. And, but she, again, being a child, just wears her heart on her sleeve and says what's so uncomfortable for her. And, but then she rallies. And I said in the last show last week that one of the reasons that I'm so focused on resilience right now is I have noticed over time, working with children of all ages, K through 12, that they are attracted most to adults. They, they, they tend to even move closer to, sit closer to, ask more questions of the adult who tends to just, I call it roll with it in a classroom, which could be resilience or not. Um, I, I would call it that. Usually, that's what it, what it ends up being. Uh, but they but they definitely are attracted to those adults in their life, and I think it's because it's a grounding feeling to know that no matter what, I I do have a say in this. I can do something about this, and I will. And there's power in that. I mean, if you just say that to yourself. You know, I feel, I, I feel powerful when I say that. I, I, there is something I can do, I can do it, and I will. So watching her, it, 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 it's pretty clear that, well, watching her, watching my friend, watching my boyfriend's oldest, you know, it's pretty clear that we can do this. You know, I've had a lot of... Um, I have a friend in Norway whose daughter um, had leukemia, and he really reached out. And we, you know, across the world, of course, we were feeling powerless other than what our words could say and us holding him and, and his daughter in our hearts. And, you know, watching how his daughter, you know, was in terms of he would, you know, either post pictures or he would update us. And just this, this little girl's resilience and battle 
um, and 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 the choice to never give up. I, I don't know that she. I don't know if she felt she had a choice or not because she was diagnosed. I believe she was two, and now we're sitting at the tail end of that, and you know, in recovery. And I, you know, I mean, that obviously that could have gone a lot of different ways. What what I appreciated was my friend's ability to reach out, ask for help, say when he was feeling down. Um, when I, I uh, posted on Facebook. At Thanksgiving, he had written this beautiful uh, Thanksgiving spiel about his life and the things that he was thankful for. And I honestly, I, I couldn't beat it. I couldn't think of a better way to say um, what gratitude is. So when we, when we talk about change, so now let's shift a little into talking more about change. Um, one of the things we have to realize is that there are times where change happens in someone we love or someone we work with, care about, etc. And we don't get a choice in that. Um, meaning that we don't we don't get a choice when somebody else changes, we don't necessarily get the choice to say, oh, I didn't want to change and, you know, can you change back? Um, because it affects us. So my point is that sometimes when somebody else changes and we are then forced to go along with that change, which essentially means we are shifting at the same time, like it or not, that gets really uncomfortable and it can make you angry because, right, it, anger comes from fear and fear of change, fear like this isn't what I wanted, this isn't, I don't know how to react to this and I, or how about better yet, respond to this and my reaction is my heart is pounding, my blood pressure has gone up and, and now I'm angry because you put me here. So there, there, one of the reasons I wanted to talk on the show about that is that you know, how we respond to um, someone else's change makes all the difference in the world, not only with ourselves, but with everybody around us. And then sometimes we're in charge of the change. Sometimes I get to say, I'm the one that says, this is what I'm going to do, and, and, and I'm elated. Yay! I got to, not only was I in control of that decision, I liked the change, I liked the outcome, therefore my reaction and my response are quite um, positive or feel positive. So one of the things I want to do with you today, the listeners, is a practice um, where we're going to just tap into that a little bit and then we can talk a little bit further about it. So. What I'd like for you to do is position yourself where you can just take a few deep breaths and go ahead and take a few deep breaths. Notice your sit bones or your feet, depending on whether you're standing or seated. And breathe all the way to your sit bones and all the way back out. And then notice just how your body is. 
So is breathing easy? Is it not easy for you today? Notice if there's any achy or cranky spots in your body or better yet, the places that feel strong, easy, fluid, good. Just noticing your body. I want you to kind of find that place or the place that you're in right now so that you can notice the difference when we go through this exercise. So once you've realized how your body's feeling, come back to your breath and take a couple more deep breaths to breathe in as deep as is comfortable or your limit of comfort and breathe out complete. You can even push a little more exhale out after you're finished exhaling. Notice how that feels. Back off if it's too much. Go a little deeper if you think you can. Take five more of those deep breaths. You're sitting up tall or standing tall. If you're standing, your knees are not locked. Shoulders are away from your ears. They're over your hips. If you're seated, same thing. You're feeling your weight pretty even on your feet, pretty even on your sit bones. Your eyes can be closed or open. I really encourage my students to do things with eyes open because distraction happens. So you want to practice as much as you can, even with distractions. Now, I'd like for you to think or bring to mind a time where you had a difficult situation. Now, preferably I want it more pointed in, someone in your life changed. Some thing in your life changed. That's okay too. Maybe it's both. But you had no control over it, no say in it whatsoever, or if you had a say, it didn't matter. And yet it affected you greatly. So just again, spend a moment here, bring to mind a difficult situation or time that you had that you had no control over, yet it affected you greatly, your life greatly. Okay, now where is that feeling? Actually, back up. Start with what is that feeling? It's okay if you found where at the same time. But what is that feeling? Does it feel easy? Does it feel burn? Does it feel, do you just feel your heart pounding? What do you feel? And then also notice where that feeling is. So you might, and this, this one may or may not be as easy for some of you, just because um, some of us are more feelers, some of us are more thinkers. The bottom line is, is that anything we think or anything that happens in our mind, because the body-mind is actually not separated, that's why I like to call it body-mind, so your body and your mind are not separate. So if you are having a thought, you are having a feeling. So I'd like for you to start to get in touch with that if you aren't. So I just want you to notice and take note. 
So you notice where that feeling happens. You notice what the feeling is. And now you're making a mental note of it. It's like you're in the back of your head. You've just written down what that felt like. Now, bring to mind a time of change that you were happy about. Uh, It could be a move that you made, a different job. It could be that you got married, you got divorced. I mean, it could go both ways. Um, Having a child. I'm, I'm just giving you some examples of anything that changed that you had control over and it affected you greatly. Or at least you believed you were in control. So again, you're bringing to mind a time of change that you were happy about. That you had, you know, whether, you know, it was an illusion or not, that you had some control over. Or the control. Now, what is that feeling? What is it? How would you describe it? What is happiness? What's that feeling for you? What is good to you? Because it's all relative. And I also want you to know, notice where that feeling is. Notice where in your body that feeling is. Nice. Okay, now I just want you to take another mental note, write that down. What is that feeling? Where is that feeling? We did both when you were in control, when you were not in control, when it felt what we would say, you know, felt good or it felt bad. Make that mental note. And now I want you to take a few more deep breaths and breathe in calm and breathe out and let go. Surrender. Allow. Breathe in. Calm. Breathe out. Surrender. Let go. Allow. In a sense here, I'm just kind of clearing what we just did. So when I did this exercise, I noticed different places in my body and by making that mental note by making the decision to tune into this kind of a practice and you can do this as often as you want or as often as you can really how you respond how yes let's use that how we respond to change has a lot to do with just knowing what that change means for us and how it feels So that can just be a place in your body. So I'm not necessarily talking about feelings as much as I'm talking about a a place in your body that you're having a feeling. Um, And so for me, I know that when I give up my personal power, I've said this in in previous shows, when I give up my personal power right at my solar plexus, it feels as though somebody has just hit me and it knocks the wind out of me. And I literally can double over. 
Now, I want to be very clear. Nobody takes my power without me giving it up. Nobody takes your power without you giving it up. You're in charge of that. But when I do give it up, I now have a sensation in my body that I am cued into to know what is happening. So just for a moment, bring back the feeling of both the bad and the good. And, and it, just pick one. You may have had several feelings. So <clears throat> the time that it feels really good for me, like when I know that it, I... I uh, I've, I got to make the decision. I feel happy. I feel good about this. Um, my chest opens. I stand a little bit taller because of it. It's almost like my chest opens and my sternum rises towards the sky. So I can feel or my breastbone rises towards the sky. And it's like a, a movement feeling, actually, that happens for me when it's really, really good. I also tend to feel my feet. Um, because as soon as uh, I feel as though I've given my power away or I feel as though I'm not in charge or I'm powerless, I don't feel my feet. Uh, it's the first thing to go. In fact, it, it, it can almost, it doesn't, but it can almost feel like walking may be a challenge at certain times. That's how devastated some change in my life that I wasn't in control of has been but knowing that so knowing what it feels like in your body automatically gives you some power because now you know it's like oh this is this is good for me this is not good for me I know why this is because oh I, I'm examining a feeling in my body because I've just had I just was clued into something that was going on oh Here's where it's coming from. Now, what is my practice for both? Because we want to stay grounded regardless. We've talked about how, you know, uh, at one of the shows, I, I can't remember if I called it because I'm happy or, or not, but it's, you know, sometimes we're just really happy, yet we're really ungrounded. And we want to, in the practice, we want to be grounded regardless. It doesn't mean we can't enjoy happy feelings uh, just as much as we can't or just as much as we can and should practice even feeling the bad ones. Like, this is what this feels like. Just kind of enter into the feeling, therefore getting the control of what it is, and now we can do something about it. What, how can we do something about it? When you have this feeling, what arises for you? And this is stuff to, like, if you don't have a journal, I... I I highly recommend that you get one. And remember, your journal is for you. You're the one writing in it. You can write down figures, you can, you know, or drawings. You can, you know, write in any way you want. Yes, four can be the number four, the actual number four, not F O R, um, or even F O U R. It can be whatever you want. It's for you to see. It's for you to get your thoughts out. And sometimes just getting those thoughts out. That's kind of what my thread is with my lady friends. You know, we, we just, we get the thought out there. We know that our, that we were heard. At the very least, we will read the text that we write each other. If we're too busy and we can't get back right away, we know that. We know that people are paying attention. So that's my next step is what are you going to do? So what's the action you will take 
in order to keep yourself grounded. So it might be that you have a, th- a thread of lady friends or gentleman friends that, that you are in touch with or text with, and and it's just in that moment of real lift, I call it. And when I say lift, I mean not feeling grounded, that you've got somebody who brings you back to earth. Maybe it's that you just sit and breathe. One of the things, you know, Salvatore and I have both talked about on the show <clears throat> my teacher and I, is stopping. So, okay, there's the feeling. Stop. Make sure on where the feeling is arising. What does it say or what what uh, information is that giving you in what's going on in your life? And now, what do you do about it? All right, I'm going to take a short break here, and then um, we'll come back. This one's appropriate for the beginning of the school year, where again, change is happening. And I've played this many times, but I just, I I feel like um, culturally, well, yes, in the United States, but I know that I have an audience throughout the world. And so it doesn't matter what country you're in, we want our kids to stay in school. And, um, you know, Teaching resilience and, and adaption, or adaptation to change is probably the best gift we could give them. Um, so I'll be back in just a moment. Some statistics are surprising. Some are unbelievable. And some are simply unacceptable. Right now, nearly 30% of U.S. students aren't finishing high school. Nearly 30%. And that's the average. In many places, it's even higher than that. And fixing it is a responsibility that we all share. This is President Obama, and I urge everyone, not just parents, but friends and neighbors and family members, to take responsibility for encouraging the high school students in your communities, to support them, challenge them, push them a little, and do whatever it takes to help them make it through. Because this is one statistic we simply can't afford to ignore. You can do your part by going to boostup.org and sending an email, a text message, or even a wake-up call to a student at risk of dropping out. Go to boostup.org and provide the boost that's needed to make it to graduation. A message from the U.S. Army and the Ad Council. You're listening to Kimberly's Intentional Moment on blogtalkradio.com with your host, Kimberly Canals. Your spot to practice living in awareness. So, like many of you, I have a child going back to school. She actually starts tomorrow. She will be in the third grade. I can't believe it. I cannot believe it. It's going so fast. Um... And, and she really wants, wanted to stay in the second grade. She had a great second grade year. And uh, so, um, you know, her and I have talked about change. And, you know, that doesn't mean that just because you don't know what's going to happen. And, again, it's a control thing, right, that you, have, you, you ultimately don't have a whole lot of control over the fact that you can't go back to the second grade and do it again when you've passed. And it could turn out to be the best year of her life, even though she thought last year was. Um, 
And, you know, uh, I, I talked a little bit last week about um, this summer bridge program that I did with one of the high schools here. Well, the, it was the middle schoolers coming into the high school and we um, and just getting them ready for high school because um, that is a big shift. And, you know, and I, I watching how they react to us, you know, informing them, you know, you're going to be in a school now of over a thousand kids and all of them will be older. And so you're, you've gone from the top of the heap to the bottom of the heap. And, and how do we handle that? And you could see just the restlessness in their bodies. And again, that's why I'm bringing up this feeling that we have is because it, it tells us information. And, and I told the kids this, you know, it, it, listen to your body. Your body's getting rambunctious. Why? What's going on there? You know, and, and how can you support yourself? What can you do to keep your feet on the ground, smile on your face, and, and bring your blood pressure and your heart rate back down? Um, and I agree with President Obama in that PSA that, it, this, that dropout rates, education in general, is all of our problem, whether you have a child or you don't, whether you live in the United States or not. It's all of our problem. And we need to pay attention to it, and we need to support educating um, our youth. All right. So coming back to change, one of the things that I wanted to bring up today, and, um, and it is personal, is communicating what's going on for us and initiating perhaps change or initiating conversation about change that has already happened in a relationship that maybe you don't like. And one of the um, examples that I wanted to give today was uh, my, my own boyfriend and I. So when he and I talk about, you know, asking for what we want or what we need, um, it isn't always easy to do that especially when it's matters of the heart. And again, this is why I bring up the, the love relationship that I'm in or the uh, boyfriend-girlfriend relationship that I'm in because we can all understand the vulnerability in that. And especially coming both of us from divorce and we both have children, it, there's a lot at stake, it, not just our own hearts, but it, you know, there's a lot of people that are involved and we, we both take that very seriously. And when, when I think about asking for what I want or what I need, I don't know about you, but it, it isn't always easy. Now, this is, this is not just in this. This is in any relationship. This can be at work. Um, this could even be, interestingly enough, it could even be when you're asking the universe, when you're just putting it out there. You, you can have the, the self-talk that says, well, you're, you know, you're not quite good enough for that, or wow, that's awfully selfish, even though really all it is is self-centered. Um, meaning centered on the self and taking care of ourselves. But when we want to create our own reality, we have to have the guts. We have to have the courage. Remember, courage, we've talked about before, comes from the French word cour, which is heart. So when we face our fear or we walk through our fear with heart or with love, we have courage. That's what it is. It takes courage to create the life that you want because you have to ask for what you want. Certainly have to ask for what you need. I think 
at times that's easier because we need something. What, when we want something, and generally in a love relationship like I was talking about with my boyfriend and I, you're talking about maybe not need in the sense like I'm not going to, I won't die if he doesn't give me what I want. Um, but I can't live without water. Like if I need to ask someone for water because I'm very thirsty, that's a very different thing than just asking for a behavior that would make things easier on me. And he and I have had more than one conversation over the summer because the the relationship's getting closer and there's more people involved and, you know, lives are blending. And what I have noticed that he and I both do, and and we do this on purpose. I mean, this is something we've talked about in the entire time we have been together. Um, and we both are practicing it, which, you know, for me, it's a deal breaker. If you say you're going to do something and over and over and over again you don't, that's a deal breaker. And it is for him too. So, of course, we, we talked about it. We want to practice this way, and we do. And I want you to know what I have found is the easiest in a heated moment is coming back to, and we've talked about this in previous shows, noticing when you're just needing to be right, noticing when you're just needing control, and then surrendering, giving up, letting go, allowing love and kindness to come in first. So, for instance, in in a conversation that he and I had, um, we both felt, felt strongly. And it wasn't that it wasn't completely in alignment, or it wasn't completely in alignment. It wasn't completely out of alignment. But it was it we weren't seeing things quite the same way. And we're both passionate people. And it, you could feel the temperature rise a little bit. And I... I, what we both have done in this particular conversation, I, I was the one that said, hey, you know, it, I respect what you're saying. I want to give you as much of what you want as possible. These aren't the exact words that I used. And in that, here's what I want. Can you hear that? And... It was it, it, it totally deflates a, um, a boiling point from happening. You know, as it starts to get heated, if you can just cool it off, I like to say cool a heated moment. If you can cool a heated moment with, hey, you know what? I'm in this with you. I'm in this because I love you. I care about you. I want to understand you. All of those things automatically deflate a situation and bring guards down on both sides. Earlier in the summer, like I said, it's been a summer where we've we've had to clarify a few things between the two of us. And, you know, I, I, I remember he had to tell me something that he really wanted and he and he really needed to say. And he put his hands on my shoulders and he said, this isn't you. This isn't even really your problem. I want you to know what's going on with me. And I really appreciated that. And again, deflates. Because if we're going to get angry, if we're going to get heated, it's usually because we're in fear of something. So if we can, with love, okay, which is 
love and fear are mutually exclusive, so they can't both be in the same moment. When you bring love in, you automatically deflate it because fear has no space. So if you're feeling that coming up, and, and you know, this might be something, I've said this with girlfriends where I've had heated moments. It's like, you know, this is what I'm feeling right now. I'm getting kind of warm in my belly. I want to lash out at you because I, I don't know what you're trying to say or what, what it sounds like you're saying is something very scary to me. And again, that deflates the situation because that's a loving place. It's a vulnerable place, which means two people that are in disagreement are usually feeling pretty vulnerable. And anytime we can just say, so do I, you can almost join hands in that moment. I mean, I, I, that's the vision I get is two hands joining or even hugging, two people hugging, like, oh, thank you so much for validating the fact that I am having this vulnerable feeling. And, that, and, and what that hug does or that handshake does or just even that smile in the conversation does is it says I'm in this with you, not against you. And, yeah, so I just, I, I want you to notice change in your life. I want you to notice particularly the ones that are really uncomfortable and the ones that are really spectacular. And take the mental note of where it happens in your body and what are you going to do about it. What is your action plan? Are you going to write this stuff down? Are you going to have a friend witness? Are you going to text a thread like I do? Are you going to, you know, what is it that you're going to do? Are you going to sit down and take 10 deep breaths and then decide A, B, or C? Having an action plan for how you are going to adapt to change one way or the other, generally speaking, you know, we're talking about when it's not as easy because, you know, happy feelings we tend to adapt a little easier to, <laughs> um, and rightfully so, feels good. Um, but, you know, life throws challenges. We're going to have those. So what are we going to do about it? And be in the regular practice of how am I going to handle this? Because it is, it happens often enough that we need the regular practice. So before I end the show today, one of the things I wanted to add was that I was listening to a song with my daughter earlier in the week, and I've been listening to it all week. Um, and it certainly is the way that it's by Shakira. Um, it's the way she says, uh, I want to be your hero, that probably uh, really resonated in me. But it brought up um, some past experiences with my own mother um, with the word and with the word hero, which I have, I've brought into my classes and we've done practices around being a hero. Um, my mom gave me a book uh, in 2004 called Hero, and it's very small, and it's just all these quotes from different people um, throughout time in the world and talking about what a hero is. And when you look up, you know, hero in the dictionary, it's, it, it, it's interesting how much it has to do with courage and the ability to change. Um, and so I guess what I'm saying is, is that when, when Shakira was singing this song and it hit me, like it really resonated in my heart, it was because 
I want to be my daughter's hero. So when you look up in the dictionary, a person who is admired for great or brave acts or fine qualities, that's the first one. And I would love for my daughter to be able to, when, you know, when I pass, for her to say, or even before I pass, that, this, that my mom is someone I admire for great or brave acts or fine qualities. So the quality of life is more important than the quantity. You hear that all the time. But it really is true. It's like you could be here for a really long time and never really live. You could just merely exist. And you could be here for a shorter time and really live and leave such a mark on the world, which is also, to me, what a hero is, talking about heroes. But one of the things that I found in the book that I just wanted to share, um, and it's a nice way to end this uh, show today, it's by John F. Kennedy. It says, all this will not be finished in the first 100 days, nor will it be finished in the first 1,000 days, nor even perhaps in our lifetime on this planet. But let us begin. That actually gives me the chills. Because, and, and you can begin now. And then you can begin now. And you can begin now. My point is that every moment counts. doesn't matter if you feel that you haven't been the hero you want to be for the last 20 years. So what are you going to do now? How are you going to change that spiel now? And brave, by the way, to me is courage. So, so courageous acts or fine qualities. Courageous for me, I'm just shifting that Merriam-Webster dictionary um, definition for just a moment because courageous to me, the word itself says more about the word love. And, and we've been talking for several weeks now about living, if you're using the Yoga Sutra as, as a, a guide, when we are friendly and practice without harm. So we operate in the world without harm. Automatically, just in and of itself, those two things, in and of those two things, we can change everything. I mean, if everyone did that, it'd be unbelievable. We, we would have no need for military or anything else. Um, violent. When we live with those two things, we know we're already heroes. So, again, I want to encourage you to think about how you react and therefore how you want to respond to change in your life, particularly the difficult. Find where it resonates in your body so that you know, and you can probably tune into your body faster or your body will tell you faster than your mind will that your mind has to be tuned in because they're not, they're not separate. And then I want to finish again with the John F. Kennedy saying, all this will not be finished in the first 100 days, nor will it be finished in the first 1,000 days, nor even perhaps in our lifetime on this planet. But let us begin. Let us begin. Let us begin. I want you to have a wonderful week. I want you to spread 
love and as much happiness as possible. And know that we are practicing peace in all ways by just noticing what we contribute to the world, even in our thoughts and in our feelings. So tune in. Don't tune out. Tune in. Approach people with love. Be courageous. And be happy.